We'll have Amazing. to do the Islands Boy bit at the end of the show again. Let's never do that again. Um, okay, well, let's get started, guys. Good morning and welcome to the AM Morning Show. Uh, I'm your host uh, with three less teeth than I had yesterday, Claude Cobain, and I'm joined with me, as always, by the man, the myth, the market capitalist, free market capitalist. Hey, now. Hey, now. Um, so, yeah, we did a little bit of a pre-show uh, talking back and forth with each other, and it's been it's been a little bit quiet out there. There's um, you know some signs of life in the market, but uh, in terms of actual events happening in the in the NFT space right now, it's it's been a little bit dull. Uh, but I think we got some things that we can talk to you about today. I also just want to apologize. Free Market's going to be doing most of the talking. To, well, I'm not apologizing for that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I did have some uh, dental surgery yesterday and it is uh, taking its toll, but I didn't want to miss a show. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to make it this morning. Um, yes, we so all are. <laughs> uh, and for anybody that uh, is uh, putting off getting their their dental work done, this is not a shill, but just go fucking do it. <laughs> Let's just it go sell one of your NFTs and get the cost covered. Oh my god, it was. Um, and you know what the worst part was? I was sitting in this dentist chair for almost two and a half hours with three people standing over me, and not one of them knew what an NFT was. <laughs> They're like, sir, please stop talking about yeah, NFTs. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't want to hear about your gapes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comment. Yeah, we will no just. Uh, well, we will keep it at that. But uh, that's galactic. That's galactic apes. For those that aren't familiar, it's an NFT project. Go check it out. Wes is God. Yes, um, uh, we are bullish on the, the Gapes for sure. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the first thing that caught my mind uh, looking through the news uh, in the last little bit was the Tyler Hobbs mystery project called Incomplete Control. Uh, he did a Dutch auction drop that started at 80 ETH. And if, for those that don't know, Tyler Hobbs is the um, artist that made the generative art Fidenza, which is basically just guaranteed million dollars if you hold one. Um, he, so he made a drop called Incomplete Control. They did a Dutch-style auction for a 1,000 of the pieces that started at 80, or I'm not sure what it started at. The first sales went through at 80 ETH each, and then it ended up selling out at 30 ETH uh, per mint, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the per mint mark. This is pretty insane. I think we, we can all recognize Tyler Hobbs as the undisputed king of generative art right now. Um, it, it this is an unrevealed project, right? They, we don't even know what Tyler is doing, uh, but people have you know blind faith, and they should. He he really put out a collection that I think defines the generative art movement. Most people have no idea what a Gon or NFTs are would put a Fidenza on their wall. It just looks like good modern art, but man, I think that's that's the highest. Dutch auction in the NFT space ever, uh, the highest sellout ever, and uh, Hobbs, pretty pretty impressive. I did notice on we're gonna make it .io wgmi .io where you can go check floor prices. Generative floors across the board are down twenty to thirty percent today. Is that a liquidity suck due to Tyler Hobbs? Maybe, um, but I think we can now kind of think is generative art coming back the first leg of this market that most people entered was the art blocks leg it was 
very, very generative art focused. Yes, there were PFPs going on, but especially a lot of the outside money from VCs or hedge funds that had finally started to get into this, it was flowing into art blocks and generative art. And then as we know, loot and bloot happened, which kind of pricked the bubble and generative art was pretty much down 50% across the board. You can't even get a bid in anything that isn't art blocks, really. And maybe this is a sign of resurrection, a sign of rotation, or it could just be whales buying what whales like. Uh, well, one wait. thing that I, I think it's a sign of is it seems like a, a coming out party for uh, NFTs in 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 the like fine art space. I mean, we we've already known that people are willing to spend a lot of money on these, uh, you know, being at Soth- Sotheby's and Christie's and whatnot, but. You know, you said you said he's doing this drop that nobody even knows what this thing looked like. And the coolest thing for me about this is that the reveal is going to be live in person uh, in Manhattan for anybody that bought one of these. So they're actually, you know, throwing a party um, to do so. So, you know, it's it's almost like that. Uh, it was almost like a pass to the party in this like almost, almost high society type type event. And I, I just think that that is a, a really, really bullish sign for. Uh, those just high level investors uh, and, and just the culture, I guess, is a, is the way that I would put it. Yeah, I think that for NFTs to really permeate mass adopt, you know, to permeate pop culture, they need to have IRL or events like this that kind of, you know, cinch everything together. Because I think the biggest mistake people make with the idea of a metaverse is that we're all going to plug into virtual reality headsets, lay there motionless, and we're just going to live in the digital metaverse now. But it'll much more likely be mixed reality, where digital is pasted over in real life stuff, whether it's via augmented reality glasses or, or something like that. And I think these combinations of in real life parties and NFTs are really what's going to make the celebrities and high society kind of latch onto them and, and legitimize them. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a great sign. And I think that you'll start to see more and more of these events pop up. I know Board Apes is one that does uh, a lot of like culture type events for for their holders and surrounding their brand and, and all of that. And I think that as we move forward, I mean, even the other day, or was it yesterday, um, in one of the channels, we were asking about an Alpha Mint Moon Lounge meetup and where that should be, right? And that's uh, that's something that's really exciting to me too. Uh, it looks like uh, California is in the uh, or LA is in the in the lead right now. But um, you know, art is one of those things that really kind of bring people together, art and music, uh, and and you can see it in full force in the NFT space. And I think that that's an incredibly bullish sign that uh, that these these JPEGs actually have meaning to people and it's a a connecting factor. Yeah, I think art is the only thing that's ever created community. And I think that's why most NFT projects look at things backwards, right? Like when a band, you know, when Nirvana came out, did they start a Discord? And yes, I understand Discord didn't (laughs) exist, but they didn't didn't, didn't come out and say, we're going to create a community and then we're going to feed them this amazing music. It was like people identified with the music and that created the community. And projects lose that now uh, for the most part. So I think the, the phase we're moving into is good art 
uh, and projects that have known artists and, you know, can really back up their quote unquote roadmaps with real IP. Yeah. And you know what, actually one of the most fun uh, things that I had in, in terms of a mint in the NFT space was doing the the block art drops where you get to kind of customize and choose your own um, generative art where you can play with some of the, you know, the sliders to change the color schemes. Uh, what was the one that we did? Um, we're, I'm not talking about the OX ships because that was just a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the Harpori, the Harpori's, I mean, those things looked fucking amazing. They had user participation, which, you know, people were able to create their own and kind of put their own stamp and style on it. And right. uh, I, I think that, you know, in the future, those start getting scooped up too. There are a lot of them that I would love to have on my wall as an actual piece of art. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, if people don't know, when you mint an art blocks piece, your address affects what comes out of the end that's how they're gone works that's that's why they consider themselves revolutionary because there's three people involved in the creation of the art the artist who changed the algorithm the algorithm itself uh has some randomness to it and then the minter the time that they mint the address that they mint from all factors into the final piece so there's so to what makes the final art blocks piece and block art really takes it to another level. I do think block art is going to blow up during the next generative phase. Um, and it's specifically because they even give you that little more control. And I mean, the best part, you get to share in the royalties with. Block yeah, art. I was actually so, going to say that that was a, a that was a pretty cool aspect of it was just that, you know, part of the royalty is built in that the minter actually gets some of the kickback. So if the project ever really takes off and these things are trading at high, high values, you've uh, you've kind of created a passive income stream for yourself. Right. And I think Artblock says, well, it's random kind of based on when mint all these factors that you're included in but with block art you're actually deciding what looks good and not and it matters you know people will go buy the art blocks that look good versus the ones that don't so it, it matters how you affect the final mint no question in case anyone hasn't been uh, a part of that i'm going to just um paste the open sea collection to block art in the uh the general chat there's some really great things in there uh, i know the marbles had its day in our discord as well where people were kind of hyped on that it hasn't really done a whole lot lately so i wouldn't be uh shilling this as like go buy as much as you can but uh yeah there's some really interesting stuff to come with. um i think we can move yeah, on from the the generative art and start uh talking more on the fine art we'll really really quickly touch on the fact that super rare just set an all-time high of their own volume um signaling signaling that you know OpenSea isn't the the only uh marketplace that's doing things um now that being said super rare did 31 million dollars in volume um and it it broke that since it's all-time high in march the interesting thing to me was that it did it on half of the active daily user so uh, Super Rare seems to become the almost de facto place that people are going to buy one of ones, um, which is a, a topic that, uh, you know, some people fall on the side of one of ones are the only thing that matters when you're you're doing long term blue chip investing. And then there's other people that disagree, uh, both on the whale side. But 
uh, yeah, it's it's good to see that there's another uh, site that's kind of coming along with that. Well, you know, there's a lot more skill involved in picking one of ones, right? You know, collections, it's collectibles, you're judging popularity and hype and this type of thing. If you're buying one of ones from an artist that isn't known, I mean, you know, <laughs> what parameters are you going by? Like, you, we all think we know what good art is. But as we can see, if we go out and buy a bunch of one of ones, how many of these artists are going to become the next ex-copy? So when you're a whale and you have the money to go out and buy an ex-copy for $2 million, it probably is a better blue chip investment than, say, a collection where there's, you know, there's the dilutive aspect of 10,000 of them being out there, so to say. But it's a much harder game. It requires an eye an understanding of trends, not just in the NFT world, but the art world at large. Um, and, you know, it, there, are, there are quite a few whales who don't even participate because it is a different skill set uh, than investing in collections that, say, have 250 or more up to 10,000. Right. Um, and then just uh, the last thing that I wanted to touch on going back to the generative art with that is that um, Smith. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Fruit Punch Samurai in the uh, Degen Dojo just posted a thing about GeoFreeze NFT. Um, it's a, it's kind of an art block generative style thing. So go check that out. Uh, but it doesn't look like there's a ton being minted. Um, and it looks like they have a little bit of a roadmap. I've never seen this before, so I don't even want to comment on what it's about. But some of them look pretty, pretty good. Um, but kind of going back to what we were talking about before is just that, you know, they have a roadmap that's kind of looking forward to all of these stuff uh, all of these things and you know at this point i think i prefer just building good art and building a community around that before going too far into the uh the DAOs and the mint passes and physical art pieces and whatnot so but yeah thanks for dropping that in the chat and uh we'll definitely look look at that a little bit more and uh maybe report back tomorrow with some i'm not quite ready to call a bottom in gen art yet uh, but there are some some good signs. We just got to keep an eye on that market because it still is pretty depressed. Yeah. Um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Beanie launching his own Discord. Um, I, I don't know if any of you had the opportunity to jump in there. It's pretty bare bones. Um, Tropo is in there asking people not to fart in his mouth or something like that. It is just uh, absolute um, chaos. But there really is only one... <laughs> one channel that people are talking in and one channel that everybody literally only just says GM. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> in typical Beanie fashion, I don't really know what to expect of this, but you know, I do see a lot of people posting links and, you know, love them or hate them. Beanie is still, um, you know, a, a, a signal in the NFT space, whether or not you follow it. I can't even tell what it is yet. Uh, there's a disclaimer by Beanie in there that, Trading crypto is hard, even though we make it look easy. You should not attempt to do this. If you don't know anything, you are probably going to get wrecked. I am convinced that Beanie has a lawyer <laughs> attached to his hip uh, 24-7 oh. after yeah. the, uh, the B-gold and the blue thing. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if this is a NFT-facing thing or if this is going to be a shitcoin thing now since all of a sudden alts are heating up again. You know, the volume left nfts it's got to go somewhere and now erc20s and alts and you know sushi releasing sushi swap or announcing it finally today uh we see a lot of money going back into altcoins right now 
Yeah, these are the the phases that we play with within this space. Um, you know, altcoins had an, a very interesting run in 2017, 2018, and it'll be interesting to see how much of that actually mirrors uh, mirrors that trend this year. It, you know, as it seems, everything kind of seems to be playing out the same way. But uh, you know, the unfortunate part about altcoins was that when the dust settled, most of them most of them dropped more than 95 percent. And uh, a large, large portion of those never actually recovered and have never even reached their all-time high since then, despite the crypto market, you know, surpassing the trillion dollar and then subsequently the three trillion dollar mark. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, every cycle, it's a new crop of coins that become hot because uh, I think most of these coins are just built on promises, much like NFT roadmaps, and it's very hard to deliver those promises, so. Yeah, and I, I think that's why at the end of the day, the art really does matter is because the the promises are something that if they're fulfilled is, I guess, nice and, and could help the longevity of the project and keep a team together producing more quality. But right. um, when it comes to ICOs and altcoins, I mean, that's in some way, shape or form all they have because nobody's uh, nobody's you know, getting their, their coins printed and, and hanging them on the wall or, or putting them as their uh, profile picture. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, and then, you know, the one thing that we talked about yesterday a lot uh, was the Rare Ghost Club um, by the Pink Dolphin brand. Uh, I was able to hop into their AMA last night and listen for a little bit to, to what they were talking about. Uh, one of the concerns that we had about them um, at least at this stage in the NFT game, was that they were dropping a 15,000 mint uh, NFT. They subsequently have changed that back down to 10,000. They're still keeping the 0 0.08 mint cost, but the supply is going to be uh, you know, cut down by 33% from there. Um, and his reasoning, and while he was live, was said, we want the resale value on this project to really, really fucking moon. So, you know... <laughs> Um, yeah. I have I have mixed feelings about somebody saying that, but hey, at least he's being honest and he's uh, you know, he's talking about the the hype uh, realistically, yeah. I suppose. I always like to bring it back to Wall Street and CEOs, and you never see a CEO go on CNBC and say, "Yeah, our fucking stock is going to the moon." Like, yeah, even if they said it politely, like, "Yes, we think our stock is going to go much higher," that they don't say that. Right. You just you don't you don't do that as the leader of because you're not trying to sell someone speculation. You're trying to sell them a product. You know, anything built on speculation is a Ponzi because you always need new people coming in speculating. And we know eventually the money runs out. If you're selling a product, you know, everything's a Ponzi scheme. A video game's a Ponzi scheme. But people buy into it because they're entertained. They're not buying it because they are speculating. So yeah, I there's an underlying value proposition that you get out of right. it in the meantime. Right, right. So it's, you know, it does raise an eyebrow. But this is crypto. People are different. You know, even Mark Zuckerberg, I'm CEO, bitch. You know, it's <laughs> we're a different uh, generation than previous. But I still think you should not do that as the leader or CEO <laughs> of a project. Uh, yeah, there, there was just, it was, it was funny. I had a laugh when he's, when he did say it and you know, I, it's, he's kind of just saying what everyone is thinking, which is a hard time holding it against somebody for that. And then, you know, they're in the art and fashion scene. So you know, to, to ask somebody 
to make that transition and say all of the right things from a financially uh, responsible sense, you know, might, might be a big ask. And I'm sure there's lots of stuff that, you know, we say or see people say that, you know, you could probably slap the mic out of their hands real quick to, to avoid some trouble. But uh, I, that was just something that caught my eye or uh, caught my ear, I suppose, when, when I was listening to it. Um, no question. And, you know, the fashion industry is built on hype. So I tr- trust these brands to be able to deliver proper, proper marketing and PR versus you see some of these projects that seem to have a pretty good product, but just can't get the word out or market it correctly or make good announcements. It's, I have faith the fashion industry will do well. Yeah. Hey, look, I think that uh, as this market matures and the space kind of permeates the, the everyday person, there is a going to be a lot of opportunity specific to marketing and PR uh, and, and legal, uh, legal guidance for these projects, because Whenever you're dealing with things that I'm air quoting are investments, you do have to be very careful. So I think there's a huge uh, niche that's going to be filled with that as well. So if any of you, you know, have have the legal or the marketing background to do so, just start setting up your firm now. (laughs) Disclaimer, NFTs are not securities, nor are they collectibles, as they should not be subject to a collectibles tax. Nothing said on the AM show should be constituted as financial (laughs) advice. Please seek your own due diligence and whatever they say. (laughs) Don't fucking listen to us. We're just talking shit. Um, Yeah, so and then I think there's some other projects that you were looking at you mentioned uh, earlier. Yeah, so there's a new project that I discovered yesterday in the Kaiju Alpha channel called Board Degen Arcade. Uh, I put it in the invite spam, so you can go check it out. But I, the concept looks pretty cool. It looks like an 8-bit 90s arcade where all the games are NFT themed. So it's like Toads or, you know, use the claw to get the punk out of the machine and stuff. It's I like the the out there concept, mixing NFTs in, and it went from 500 members yesterday when I joined to 12,000 overnight. Uh, unfortunately, they are doing an invite scheme, so you know, take those numbers with a grain of salt. But I did like the art. Uh, the project looks kind of cool, and uh, I posted the link in invite spam. So check that one out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're playing the claw game, do you actually get a real NFT coming out of it if you uh, win? Or I, cool with that, right? That would actually be a pretty cool concept. Yeah, I mean, that would probably constitute some some gambling and and what have you. But uh, I would uh, I would probably degen a little bit into that. Yeah, I think crypto gambling is is going to have a moment here in in the next few years. I don't know when or how because I know a few companies have tried. Uh, there's some poker crypto poker sites out there and stuff but i mean you know even these rpg games like orcs are hinting that maybe there would be orc on orc battles so does that mean maybe you lose your nft to the other guy or even you lose you know some of your items that are rare and it goes to the other player who knows but i think people will be into that well you know if i can just shill a project that i own one nft of and i mean it's it's neither here nor there for me, so I don't care if you buy it or not. But um, you know, the Monkey Bet DAO is something that has a working project, and they're they're out there with uh, blackjack, roulette, and um, slots. And owning the NFT is uh, participation in like you know the the profits of the 
you know, aspect of it. So, I mean, there's, there's already things that are out there doing this. Uh, it hasn't been overly fruitful for me. It's had a couple of run-ups and whatnot, but, uh, you know, it, they do exist already. And, you know, even going back to like Etherroll, um, you know, the, the original dice game that they were playing, um, and, and Bitcoin had a dice game, which was, you know, arguably considered the first dab. You know, gambling is, uh, is something that, you know, is a, is a high signifier that people are interested. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as we see social tokens uh, as the next trend, I do think crypto gambling is coming up right behind it. Yep. Gambling and porn means your industry has made it. Hey, now. <laughs> um, and lastly, I just want to wrap it up with uh, Scott posting that the floor on Mecca is 1.24. And um, we were joking earlier that this might be the biggest tax loss harvesting scheme uh, in the <laughs> NFT space. <laughs> uh, yesterday, it was posted that somebody had bought a Mecca for 15 ETH and just managed to sell it for 1.5 on the secondary after like maybe two weeks of holding. And that, that is a gigantic loss. You know what my take was when I saw that? It wasn't, holy shit, that idiot lost 15E. It was, who the hell's paying 1.25 for a <laughs> Yeah, it, it does make you wonder who is actually buying these. But um, again, if you are bullish on the Mecca, uh, no no offense intended, but they just, just that seems to be the, uh, that's going to go down as, as the dumpster fire of the year, potentially. Yeah, it was a failed launch. I don't want to FUD anyone's bags. I hope it goes back to 10, but they probably need to make some announcements, go in some directions, and put a little life back in to get away from that launch. Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I think that's uh, that's all the content we have for you. Now we're going to open it up to uh, uh, put your hand up, jump on the stage with us, shoot the shit, talk about some things, anything that you've seen interesting. If you want to ask us any questions, we will you know, do our best to, to answer it with the knowledge that we have. And if you want to hear Island Boys, just uh, just let us know. Yeah, I think we decided we're not doing that today, but I appreciate the, uh, the thought. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, and just while we're doing it, it's uh, always great to see the familiar faces in here. Um, I see a couple of people returned from yesterday and, uh, you know, it looks like our, we're getting a nice little core of people. So obviously the more that you can let people know on Twitter, and uh, other discords that we do this, you know, while it remains free, it, sh it should be good to grow the community and, uh, you know, have, have good discussions. Remember, the bigger this gets, the more money Cobain and I make. So this is in our interest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have any financial stake in this uh, no, the morning show at all. Yet. But it is an opportunity for us to talk specifically about the things we're bag holding. So, Boom. yes, that's uh, that's that's it. So. Uh, another shout out, if you weren't here earlier in the show, go check out Drip Colt's educational videos. If you're new to NFTs or even if you just don't know how to necessarily mint from contract and stuff, he's been putting up a lot of great educational videos um, in what's the name of the channel? I'm blanking. I'm just checking for you right now. I know that there's a video that outlines the Discord for, for very new people in Start Here. Cult wants to jump in a little bit more about that. I, I just the fact that I know my way around this quite well. I did watch the video. It was it was good. I think it's um these are going to be important assets to uh, and as we grow to kind of welcome the 
general community into this space because at the end of the day, this is this is an amazing place for for people to collaborate and learn together. It isn't a place where people are you know, behind the the closed with their scotch and they're talking about how they're going to clear twenty million dollars in profit over the next <laughs> month. Um, and I, you know, there there are people that do very very well for themselves in this space, but you know, we're we're definitely more on the side of learning, collaborate, or collaborating, collaborating, and discovery. Uh, and I think that's really important for for new people to jump in and be able to experience and contribute to. One hundred. One hundred. Uh, I Where see Tim Sniper has the... speaking of. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he got grounded. Ah, oh, yeah, makes sense. Watch out, Sham Dow. That's coming for you next. <laughs> you know what? Apparently that it's not confirmed that Sham is actually a high school student. Apparently it was uh, just a joke that was made on Twitter that he uh-huh. kind of never confirmed nor denied. And ever since then, everyone's been running with it. So it would be interesting to actually know the truth <laughs> behind that. It's uh, I'm not sure if I would be more or less bullish about the fact that he's 16. Maybe more. You know, I... <laughs> experience with these kids on uh, on BitCloud and whatnot is that they just fucking kill it. So it's, it's incredible. That, that Winter Bears PFP make them look so young. <laughs> uh, Two Cypher, I did invite you up on the stage, so if you want to hop in with us, uh, feel free to. And yeah, while we're waiting for him to jump up, if there was a question, I'm going to check the chats as well. Oh, there he is. Morning. Or GM, as they say. General Motors. <laughs> uh, Tune, yeah, if you're talking, we can't, we can't hear you. But I like your profile picture. How, how about now? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I missed a bit of today and, and yesterday also, so I don't know if you talked about Head Dow. Shame or on you. Cypherian <laughs> Cypher, either one. But Cypherian Cypher just uh, raised like... Uh, $6.8 million from VCs for their game. And I just was going to ask about Head Dow and what you guys thought about it and the tokenomics, if you haven't talked about it already. But if you have, then I just miss it. And that's fine. Yes. Uh, so Head Dow is something that I enjoy speaking about. Um, <laughs> I do own <laughs> I do own a bunch of them. I was able to get in the Mint, and uh, I picked up a, a few more on secondary. But it's been a project that's had its ups and downs, but generally is just going up and to the right. Uh, the tokenomics of it, I, I'm still, if I'm being honest with you, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around um, the staking, the tokens that are coming out of things and the long-term value prospects of it, the utility, because, you know, they say one head equals one head or one fish equals one fish. Um, you know, the, the the purchases that they've made have been placed into the fractionalized vault. So, you know, the staking is kind of representative of your share in the in the DAO. Um, but it's it's something that I'm I'm trying to learn more about to to really wrap my mind around like where the value is actually coming from because sure you you have voting rights and you the more that you hold the more weight you hold in those voting rights um there's 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 something that needs to click for me uh, a little more to to see this as like a super long term um future future forward type thing. I do love the concept of real DAOs, like the decentralized autonomous organizations, um, even if they're not just NFT based. I think that that's a, a really cool concept that I think will kind of take hold potentially in the next more 20 years rather than 
you know, 20 days. But uh, I don't know if you want to expand a little bit more on that free market. Well, I think think that I've talked about it before. These aren't DAOs. They're more like an unregulated hedge fund or a prop bet firm type of thing. A real DAO would be, as an example, Uniswap, who has billions of dollars in their DAO. You apply for grants for almost anything you want. I mean, you could literally tell them, you know, you, you make a proposal to them for a grant for something within crypto, something out of it. Everybody who owns Uniswap tokens has a vote on that grant. Um, There are some inefficiencies in the system that people are trying to figure out, like whales who own very large amounts of uni can make ridiculous proposals for, for, there was a grant that came up like a week ago, or excuse me, a month ago, that was by one of the whales who owned a lot of uni, and it took everybody else banding together to vote down this grant. Uh, to get it to stop. So people are trying to come up with solutions. Um, DAOs are going to be huge. I I know people get religious and talk about them replacing countries and corporations, which is possible. Um, but even a very thing, small, yeah. yeah, but even in a, in a smaller sense, the idea that DAOs of like-minded fans or like-minded uh, cultures can buy gigantic, like a, a sports franchises were mentioned yesterday that a DAO will buy a soccer team eventually and things like that. So I think they're going to have a very big future. I don't think the things in NFTs right now that are being called DAOs are actual DAOs. I guess you technically get to vote on what NFT is bought. So that's why they're saying that. Um, yeah, but to your, to your point, like even just participating in the head DAO when they're voting, uh, you know, there's one person that holds, I think, 180 of the NFTs. And the second that he or she votes on anything, it is just a massive uphill battle to to try and remove that. Um, it just requires a huge amount of participation. So um, it's it's hard to. It's hard to kind of figure out how that is supposed to work in the future. I mean, my my brain is going towards the fact that if you're if you're somebody a whale that's looking to control fifty one percent of the DAO, uh, you're going to have to do a lot of purchasing. That purchasing is going to drive up the cost of whatever it is you're buying for those voting rights, um, and and then it will end up becoming prohibitively expensive, uh, especially as the other members start to realize what you're doing and start to you know pull pull some of their. Um, you know, their offers out uh, um, on the bank just, list. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to mention a couple of things about head down that might be just of interest. So yesterday, the floor was as high as 0.94 and it's dropped back down to 0.6. Yep. And they, they started staking yesterday and they're 60% staked. Um, so just a, just a couple of statistics that people might be interested in and it might be a good uh, buy the dip play. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I've already taken my position, so I'm not going to be buying any more of them at that price point. But uh, I do think that if you were on the outside looking in and you wanted to get in on it, it's definitely a decent time to. Uh, and if you take a look at why the floor is so low right now, there is one person that is dumping a lot of them at 0.6. And I think it's just like needing liquidity and, and undercutting the entire market. Uh, I think I saw at least 15 or 20 sales from one person, um, two other people at point six, So uh, I think the floor is a little artificial. Um, when staking went live, the amount that were listed dropped dramatically. And I think at one point, 
the floor was at like 0.68 or something. But if you looked at how many um, NFTs it took to get to a one ETH floor, it was only like 127, which is, you know, at the end of the day, super thin, especially for a, a project that had a lot of volume. And personally, as a DAO holder uh, or as a, as a holder of that and participation in the DAO, uh, I kind of like to see the volume fluctuate really high. You know, those those large dips in the price cause a lot of people to try and um, get in on the action and then play. So the volume is actually putting a lot of money into their DAO. Uh, having a lot of ETH in the DAO means that they're able to splash some bigger purchases and then gain some more hype. So I think for the the long term strength of a project like that or a mutant cats it's a it's actually great i'm not too worried about selling them right now so i don't really truly care what the floor is is there a risk that staking could be too high that there was there wouldn't be enough volume anymore on a daily basis or is that just thinking too much it's it's interesting. Like it's it almost feels like the self fulfilling prophecy where staking is generating these tokens. These tokens are generating value. Um, you know, at some point throughout the day yesterday, you could sell some of these head tokens for upwards of uh, forty dollars each. Right now, I believe last time I checked, they were about five dollars each, uh, and each one generates um, five head per day. So you know, for me holding six of them, it's one hundred and fifty dollars generated per day in this token. Uh, so I, I think that um, as that appreciates in value, people's desire to spend more money on these will appreciate, and then the floor ultimately goes up higher. So as the volume starts to drop, it is slightly compensated by the fact that you know people aren't spending 0.4 on these anymore and m might be spending two ETH, right? So the the percentages will will remain. Yeah, high. that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that self regulates because as there's lower supply, the price goes up and the amount of daily volume stays relatively the same. Yeah, exactly. But it does feel like one of those, like the thing that I'm kind of waiting for is just that it works until it doesn't. And then you're right. Once the liquidity or sorry, the volume just dries up, like where does the rest of the money come from? Yeah. And I mean, I, I just want to know what value, you know, I'm looking at these like stocks now in the sense that what kind of PE would I attribute to the growth rate? If I think NFTs are going to grow 40% compounded annually over the next 10 years. Uh, I would try to apply that type of analysis to what the NFT was selling at, how many NFTs they have in their vault, what the projection of daily volume could mean to adding to that. I'm sure, there'll be some good formulas for judging these things soon. Sure. I just wonder if the market is so irrational right now that trying to apply that logic to it is... Um is all for naught. And that's not even a criticism, right? Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I Eventually we'll mature to the point where that just makes perfect sense. Yeah, you were talking about whether it's a long-term hold or not. I think that's the only way I would frame that thinking. Obviously, short-term doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just like the fact that I am the owner of two punks and one <laughs> V-friend poodle. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sorry. And in, in regard to your other question about uh, what was this experience, I'm actually not too familiar. With that. Do you want to a link and I can spend some time into it? Uh, yeah, that's great. I just wanted to mention it because there's a catalyst and it jumped. The floor jumped from about 0.22 to it's like 0.34 right now. It's pretty active. Yeah, awesome. I'll take a look at it and see. It's always good to find new things to talk about. Yeah, because there's just so much going on. It's, uh, it's impossible to keep an eye on everything. 
Yeah, while it's quiet now, it seems that there's a good 10 or 15 very popular projects uh, with big whitelists that are just coming down the pike. So not not, not sure how long it'll be quiet, uh, given what's yeah. coming. I mean, I may know the whitelist of the Rare Ghost Club, the Little Lemons, the Evo Snails, uh, Legend Maps, and uh, the Fish Tank. Those are, I, I wouldn't say I'm overly hyped on any of them except for Snails, but. Uh, you know, those are, are ones that I've been keeping my eye on and, and being trying to be pretty active in their discords to just get a feel for where it's going. Um, I think yep. a big lesson, I think the big lesson this last week is just like, don't try and be the first one to mint anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there, I think that is a good point to touch on. There were quite a few mints that haven't sold out recently, which is very healthy for th this market. I think NVO pointed it out. The idea that TNU it didn't even matter if the project succeeded. They could just bang out, you know, a, a Discord, get it hyped, sell the project and be done with it and walk away with a million bucks. Not so easy anymore. Uh, no, the, the, market is, the market is becoming intelligent, uh, more intelligent by the day, right? Like you, you start to see these hyper aggressive shifts in the market and what, what works one week doesn't work the next week. Um, and so on and so on. And, and yeah, now it is just, uh, it's not a guarantee that all of these things are going to mint out. And in fact, it looks like more, more than often, more often than not, things aren't minting out. Yeah, yesterday, Dopey Ducklings, which was actually one I had been on the quote unquote whitelist for. But by the time that they were getting close to mint, they, haven't, they hadn't even filled the, the whitelist. So they were like, we're going to open the whitelist to the public. Anyone who wants to sign up for the whitelist can sign up. But isn't that a public sale? <laughs> I, you might as well have just opened the mint to the public. I think they minted 157 yesterday before they claimed their contract was failing. They had to pause it and stop it. It was, it was a train wreck. Um, I didn't hate the art. I love some of their one of ones, but Dopey Ducklings uh, is a sign that it is not an easy market anymore for teams launching. Yeah. Um, and then Zapple just asked the question, or Zapple, um, when I get the snails, am I planning on selling or staking to earn leaf? Um, my general feeling towards the market right now is that I, I feel a little bit more comfortable sitting in low liquidity and and having projects that I actually have a strong conviction in uh, to generate some value long term. I, I seem to be pretty <laughs> pretty weighted in the uh, staking category right now, which I'm fine with. But uh, one of the big things that I'm looking at, we don't sell anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, and actually, one of the big the things that I'm looking forward to, and I know Lucas is as well. Uh, I don't even know if he's in the show here. Uh, is the cats though? He is right. So the cats is coming up with the zombie um, game dropping on the 31st, uh, and I think that's going to be a pretty a soft indicator of where these staking kind of games are going. Cats was something that had a lot of hype. It might have just been more of an internal hype, but you know, people did really well on it. Uh, they they waited a little bit long to get you know the Halloween themed uh, a section of their project out, and uh, I, I don't know that might be a, a, a leading indicator of where I want to go with my portfolio. For years, Apple. Uh, led the stock market, as went Apple, as went stocks. And CryptoPunks led NFTs, as went CryptoPunks, uh, went NFTs. When it comes to staking, I believe that Kongs and mice actually lead. 
So those two projects went soft for the first time ever uh, over the last few weeks as the bear hit. I would keep an eye on them. If, they, if and when they rebound, I think all staking projects will start to rebound. But I, you know, the big ones that everybody knows about, when they collapse, I think it's just a, a knock-on effect. And you see all the other ones get sold too. Yeah, for sure. And we're looking at a market that just has extreme short-term phases too. So who knows what will come back when it comes back. Uh, but for me personally, in my holdings, that the Cats-Zombies game is going to be probably the make or break for me for the short term, at least. Yeah, I I think I'm looking forward to it. They've delayed yeah. it a few times, but... I think it's going to be fun. And actually, for anyone listening that's not in on that and you have any kind of interest in it, go check it out. Um, I'll post the OpenSea collection and the Discord in the uh, general chat and you can go. It, it is trading at a, a low. It's about 0.1 for quite some time. It was up to 0.7 and then it held 0.3, for for a while too. But again, that, that silence, it wasn't even really silence out of the dev team. It was just like it was a perceived lack of progress, uh, I think made it so that people lost a little bit of interest but you know if it comes back i think it's going to come back with a vengeance yeah i think the art is cool the game is fun uh until orcs cats was the most fun i had ever had in nfts the the minting of them and the burning of them it was a really good time i think that's why the staking projects are taking off because they're fun i mean there's a there's an element of entertainment to them so really hoping they can uh come back properly and kick that zombie game off yeah and it goes um it goes to say that we we want to let you know that if you aren't participating in any of these and are thinking about it it is a little bit gas intensive you got a time around you know the the low gas levels in the market for interacting with the contracts um and it is going to suck a little bit of liquidity out for you so if you are participating it i would highly recommend taking profits as you go to to keep your liquidity levels high and just making sure that you're always booking a win but that's my personal strategy uh, i mean do whatever you want with it but it it should be known that it can be just just for be perspective pretty intensive. just for perspective the orc game which gave me two free mints i am now into it for 0.8 all right and if i decide to go for orc gods which is a little intense to explain but i won't go into it the point is you have to it's going to be a gas war for orc gods i may end up spending at least one or two eth trying to get it and it may fail so these games can be costly uh you can you know and that was a free mint they handed me a free eight eth and i'm negative 0.7 right now because i haven't sold anything so these games are expensive make sure you have liquid if you're going to participate in them yeah risk versus reward absolutely so yeah, I think if that's it, um, we'll probably just start to wrap up the show for today. I'm just going to check the general chat. And yeah, Lucas is uh, posting the OpenSea collection for cats in there right now. So go check it out if you're not in it. Um, yeah, other than that, we really thank everyone for for tuning in. It was a, it was a good show that I think we <laughs> were able to stretch a, a pretty quiet day into some content and talk about some interesting stuff uh so yeah I'm, I'm happy with that and of course we are doing this live between you know 9 and 10 a.m every weekday so make sure you tell people about us uh, and i think in the in the coming weeks 
Uh, we're going to be doing some giveaways to try and expand our reach, you know, via Twitter and whatnot, um, and try and get some some fresh faces in here as well. So uh, your participation in that will be uh, appreciated too. So any any closing thoughts, free market? Island boy. Yeah. Okay. We're good done. Luck, good, good luck. <laughs> Bye -bye. Good luck.